G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. There's a new book describing young men in Australia as lost boys. The author laments that many of our young men find themselves fatherless, destitute, substance addicted and lost. Her call is for the Christian church to catch up on a response to the needs of young men and to know what's happening. Many of us will know young Australian men who've fallen into depression or having been fed lie after lie about their identity and their reason for existence. Well, the National Director of Youth for Christ is Cindy McGarvey. She's been wrestling with her own impressions and how to respond as a Christian leader. Well, Cindy McGarvey spent many years in the Australian Army and draws on her experience in the military to encourage Christians to take up the weapons of our warfare and to fight the good fight for our lost boys. Cindy McGarvey, make a special welcome back to 2020. Hi, Cindy. Hi, Neil. Great to be with you this morning. Well, Cindy, great to have you on the radio with us and to talk about your new book. It's all about lost boys. Uh, Let's set the scene here because uh, you've got three sons and a son-in-law. Give us some impression here. I mean, and they're fine young men, and uh, but you're working with youth right across the nation in Youth for Christ. Uh, Give us some impression here, uh, the call and the need for a book like your latest one. Yeah, Neil. So, um, like me, you may have noticed that something's been going wrong with our boys and young men. They're just not not flourishing as much um, on a number of fronts in our present culture. And uh, over the last years, I've watched my sons. You mentioned my three sons and my son-in-law. But watching my sons grow into young men, and they've always been adventurous go-getters and also deep thinkers, and they've loved having intelligent and robust debates about ideas. But they've continually struggled to engage with the church. And um, so I hear it not just with my sons, but many young men, and they're saying, oh, Christianity has somehow been dumbed down. Or um, no, Not many Christians have much idea or much interest in what's happening socially and culturally and politically, and they, they've sort of talked out about that. But And even though we as Christians have been given um, by God what is called a cultural mandate to go out and create flourishing cultures, Young young men at universities and uh, even at schools, they're not able to give an answer for their faith. And um, some people have sort of complained. They said, oh, youth groups are mostly fun and games. And they've described them, I've heard them being described as shallow. And so my sons, as, long, uh, as well as many others, they become very disillusioned with the church. And so... Um, the experience of my sons wasn't just the only one, you know, since I was hearing it around. So I started doing some investigation. I, I always heard complaints that girls saying there's not enough 
uh, young Christian men to marry. There's apparently some uh, man drought of Christian men in Australia. And uh, um, young men seem to be holding off in commitments to marriage. And perhaps there's an epidemic of immaturity, some people are saying, and even a loss of identity. So when I was pondering things like this, Neil, I started to look at, um, you know, what was actually happening for young men. And that's when I started to write. Well, I think you're touching a very, very important nerve here, uh, because especially as a woman writing about men and you start to say the sort of word that comes from girls talking about the quality of Christian men in Australia, the idea that there might be a man drought of Christian men, uh, that actually touches a very significant nerve and especially when you couple that with the idea that somehow or other Christianity seems to be dumbed down and shallow and for a lot of churches more about games than it is about uh, actually building character into uh, young men so uh, some significant things there you you've you've uh, have you found with the feedback that you've been receiving that that's the sort of nerve that you've been touching yeah i have neil um just back to your point about the the girls uh recently i was giving a, a talk and i mentioned uh, that um many what I'm hearing young women say is that even when they find a half-decent young man, they discover that he's emotionally immature and he's looking more for a mother rather than a companion for life. And it was very interesting because when I spoke to the audience, who was about 120, they all laughed. And so I, I was actually surprised and I thought, oh, are they laughing because they recognize that or are they laughing because it was just funny? I don't know. But yeah, that, well, I, I hear um, what all the points that I'm making. I hear the feedback I'm getting has been confirming that this is something that needs to be addressed. When they're laughing, you're saying that probably indicates that you are actually touching on something that you know no one seems to have an answer for. But people recognise that there is a challenge here and we would have to ask ourselves if down through the generations and uh, over the thousands of years whether uh, young men have just matured that little later than the young women who are looking for, as you say, that half-decent young man and and discovering that there's some emotional immaturity and perhaps perhaps that's been something that's a, pa- a part of developing manhood perhaps through generations, but it's obviously much more obvious now when you've got young women who are actually looking for as you say a half decent young man but they're not able to find too many of them around uh, it, it's it's really something that uh, needs to have a whole lot of deeper thought about yeah i think so also um in addition to maturing later i think it's value so i think a lot of young men are not embracing the values that they had years ago and I think that 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 is where the disconnect with the girls who are looking for strong Christian young men uh, that young men are walking away from the faith Mm. in droves and they don't share those same values Cindy the former Brigadier Jim Wallace wrote the foreword 
in your book, and uh, he's just a, a hero of mine too, and I think he is of yours. Uh, just uh, as a Christian man, a former uh, leader in the Australian Christian lobby, uh, but he's written the foreword in your book, and you connect with him because uh, there's a certain military connection you have. You spent many years in the army. You married a soldier as well, so there's a certain military aspect to the to the way you're thinking about this whole issue. Uh, what's so important about approaching these things from a sort of a strategic military way? What are your thoughts here? Yeah, well, I believe that we are in an all-out war and, you know, in a spiritual war, but there is an all-out war and a target on our boys and young men. And it's that the attacks have often been extremely covert and destructive and many of us are completely unaware and that um, Christians need to realise that whether we like it or not, you know the Bible teaches us that we we are in 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 a war that we we are called to take up our weapons of warfare to fight, and um, the battle is raging. Um, I talk about in in my book. I talk about this term, um, and uh, Jim, we talked a little bit about it recently. Actually, actually, we're having a laugh about it because our eldest son is uh, an officer. He's in the army. And he told me when I was researching for the book, he said, Mum, uh, you know, study up on the centre of gravity. And when I did, I, I found it was so intriguing that um, there's this term, the centre of gravity, and it comes from a Prussian general by the name of Clausewitz. Uh, he wrote a classic book called On War. And it's studied and applied, you know, even now, present day, by military strategists. And the center of gravity is the strongest part of a military force. So military strategists, when they plan their attacks, and uh, they essentially need to take out the strongest force of their enemy, which they call the center of gravity. And this will ensure their victory. And so as I started um, learning about it, you know, I, I was uh, studying different um, wars and battles and things like that and saw how they directly uh, focus on the center of gravity and I started thinking about that in regard to the church which is Christ's body on earth and I thought okay if there was an enemy and we know that there is an enemy against Christ's body on earth who want to take out Christ's body on earth uh, who's pretty good strategist you know where is the center of gravity where would the center of gravity be on you know in Christ's body on church and as in the church as the church and I thought that it would be it would be really smart to go after the men mm. and I even thought about you know when in Pharaoh in in the time of the ancient Egyptians when Moses led these people out of Egypt um, the Pharaoh what did he do he said all the baby boys, he said these people could rise up and overtake us, so he took out the baby boys. So, um, yes, I, I think that the centre of gravity is to take out, um, out is the, of the church, is the men, and to take them out as young as possible. And, um, and I actually write some evidence of why I think this attack is on the men. And if you think of in Australia... Men account for 75% of the deaths by suicide. 
Um, the national suicide figures show that on average six men take their lives in Australia every day. Uh, Beyond Blue, research by Beyond Blue said that every day ambulances around the country make on average 82 attendances to men who had either tried to take their lives or are having serious thoughts about doing so. Um, Being male now is the largest single demographic factor for early death, In um, one researcher has said. Um, Our kids growing up without a father in the home um, is having devastating effects, especially on our boys, far more on our boys. They're much more likely to be depressed, much more likely to drink, much more likely to do drugs, much more likely to be suicidal, violent, and go to prison and so on. And in the UK, this is just amazing, in my research I found that in the UK it's been found that the IQ of boys has dropped a whopping 15 points since the 80s. And they did all this research to find out, you know, what the causes were. And one of the causes they said was boys not having a father in the home until or up until the age of 11 years. Wow. It's just incredible. And the average age that kids see porn is around nine years. There's a few different um, age age times with that, but um, I'm finding in my research it's more closer to nine, that one in ten porn users worldwide are kids under ten, that um, one quarter of all porn users worldwide are under 18, boys under 17. In the UK, convictions of children under 17 years for uh, rape have almost doubled in the last four years, and experts are saying that this is being fueled by pornography. Wow. And look, the, the list could just go on and on. Yeah. You know what? Uh, coronavirus is not the only enemy right now. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision Christian Radio. Our special guest this hour is the National Director of Youth for Christ in Australia. It's Cindy McGarvey, and she's been wrestling with her impressions of young men in Australia. Her new book is called Lost Boys, Bring Them Home. And Cindy, we'll take some calls uh, in a few moments. 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation. Cindy, let me ask you about coming back to this centre of gravity idea. You've actually employed here a military strategy way of looking at our young men in Australia. And you've quoted there the uh, the war uh, philosopher Clausewitz, who says the talent of the strategist is to identify the decisive point and to concentrate everything on it. You've got a message here for Christian churches in Australia. That's the whole strategy uh, issue here, is that perhaps churches need a little refocusing here. What are your thoughts for Christian churches and, and leaders who might be listening to our conversation today? Yes, Neil. I, I guess the main point I, I would say is that we really need to disciple our young people and our young men particularly. And discipling, you know, I, I talk about um, in military terms, you can't just, you know, just some of the exercises that they've been doing, you know, in the army or in Iran where they go and um, have been able to take out some of those ISIS leaders. 
They couldn't just recruit young men off the street, young fit men, put a weapon in their hands and, um, you know, give them some uh, a uniform and cut their hair and, and send them off to do an exercise or to do a mission. They have to train them. And so what I'm seeing is that a lot of young men are not trained and the two areas they need to be trained in is their identity and in spiritual warfare, to be able to walk in their authority. And I think... Uh, from what I'm seeing is that there is a lack in that area, but also a potential of seeing young men who are doing that, and it's very, very exciting. They are really having victory. Wow. Okay. Identity and spiritual authority. Let's not lose uh, that focus, and listeners might like to give their own comment to 1-800-316-316. Let's take a call from Jenny in New South Wales. Hi, Jenny. Welcome. Yes, good morning, Neil. Jenny, what are your thoughts for our conversation today? I quite agree with Cindy. I think that um, there are many young young men who are just terribly lost, as you say, lost boys is a good, good description of them. And I also agree that the churches um, have just um, wanted to entertain, and this thing of entertainment is just so destructive. Um, we need to teach children about servanthood from when they're only little. And then when they, as they get older, it's not a big deal when they go out into the workplace and out into life that they have to serve. They're there to serve. They're not there to, to have everybody run after them. Jenny, good thought there. Let's get a response from Cindy. Yes, I absolutely agree. And if you put it... Uh, Jenny, in military terms, you know, they're serving their nation. Well, young men need to serve not just their nation and serving others. It's serving the body of Christ as well. Um, and I love that whole idea of, um, of uh, you know, young men stepping up in chivalry and serving in all sorts of ways and um, reigning in their, the, the strength and vitality they have to serve their community. So, yeah. You're on the ball. Jenny, you you mentioned uh, the idea of entertainment as well and uh, the idea of, you know, it somehow rather is conflicting, isn't it? The idea of entertainment uh, with the concept of servanthood and we might in our minds perceive that you can't be entertaining when you're teaching servanthood. Perhaps there's a bit of a crossover there, but, but the entertainment issue was something you were also touching on. Yes, and also... um our emphasis should be on on families being strong families and them taking the responsibility of training their own children, not leaving it to the church, not thinking, oh, well, I feed and clothe them, but the church will do the the religious part of it because that it just doesn't work. Well, I mean, I'm in my 60s and we've seen that, that um, where families are strong, where they've taught children memory verses and... Um, and, and had um, devotional times in their families, then those children um, are affected by the word of God. They, they become, on the large extent, become strong Christians. But if you leave it to the church, then no. Nah. 
Oh. No. Jenny, but good thoughts there don't. on the idea of, you know, outsourcing all of these things. We outsource our children's education. We outsource their moral behaviour. And uh, then we blame the church if something goes wrong. Uh, your thoughts here for Jenny on the idea that parents taking responsibility within the home, and that creates all sorts of issues around the whole idea that a lot of kids are fatherless. Uh, what are your thoughts here, Cindy? Yes, I also I agree with that, um, that not just the church, that often we send our children to Christian schools and assume that the school will teach our children. The, you know, so, so parents forfeit their, or they, they give out their uh, God-given, um, almost God-given authority or what they're ordained to do to both the church and the um, and the, the Christian school instead of doing what they need to do themselves. Jenny from New South Wales, thank you so much for your call. You might like to join in our conversation. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. 1-800-316-316. Uh, just uh, two or three minutes uh, in the lead-up to the news, just to touch on something which I hope we'll be able to expand on after the news. Uh, chapter 6 in your new book, Cindy, you talk about the feminization of both society and the church. And you're drawing some uh, some correlations there between what that's meant for the development of young men. What are your thoughts around that, just briefly, before we uh, get into it in a bigger way, maybe after the news? Yes, I believe that the feminization of the church uh, has had an impact on our our young men. I think that um, that there has uh, there's been a lot of talk about. Um, how the church has become more emotional and more individual, and it's an individual faith, and um, some people call it, um, you know, it's about me and Jesus instead of, you know, uh, you know, a conquering king, a heroic following our conquering king out to battle, and have, you know, sometimes it's more about um, prizes instead of swords and feasts instead of battles and uh, comforts instead of campaigns. Is it the case that uh, perhaps in the feminization, uh, broader society, and you're including the church in there, that we've forgotten that there is such a thing as a masculinization and uh, and there are, in fact, different gender strengths and weaknesses and and perhaps we're neglecting the masculinization of our, of our society? Yes, absolutely. I believe that. I believe it's um, not just in church, it's strongly in society, particularly with, um, you know, the, the gender theory that's coming out that's saying that gender is socially constructed and what it really does is it extinguishes masculinity but it also extinguishes femininity as well. The idea of the feminization of both our broader society and the church and the consequences of teaching kids gender theory creating confusion and the idea of masculinity being extinguished. These are the sorts of things you've been reflecting on. Yes, Neil. Um, actually, it was very interesting that when I was doing my research on it, I come across this article about um, this military dictator, dictator it was an ancient Greek called Demas, and when he would go and take over a colony or a people group, what he did was he slaughtered his enemies 
and then he undertook to ensure that no uh, man would ever be more than his slave. And this is how he did it. So he um, he killed off all the men, and then he, he decided to feminize every young man by means of his upbringing in the city schools. And so he had the boys wear long hair, embroidered gowns. This is a quote from the thing. He made them listen to soft music and keep out of the sun and starve them of adult male guidance so that none of them would ever grow up strong enough to stand against him. And so, um, you know, I thought a lot about that, about the feminization of young men and also um, discovered that... uh, it's part of normal socialization process that psychologists tell us that girls learn emotional intelligence while boys learn heroic intelligence. And it's this heroic intelligence, how boys grow to be respected as men who protect and lead their families. And so hearing that heroic intelligence is in the confusion and the extinguishing of our true masculinity... Cindy... your uh, your phone is just breaking up a little, and I wonder whether if there's a way you can uh, detach a microphone from that if you've got that at the moment, and uh, we'll continue our conversation. Yes, Hopefully, we. I think that might be better. Thank you very much for making that yes. little adjustment, and I think. Oh, I'm yeah. I and, but for listeners, and this is just a powerful point that you're raising right now. This idea that. There is emotional intelligence. People talk a lot about emotional intelligence, but Mm. the idea that there might be another form of intelligence and heroic intelligence. And uh, I remember growing up playing war games in uh, the backyard with my older brother. Uh, I know you raised your boys on the mission fields in Africa and uh, the idea of sword fighting and, uh, and, uh, you know, playing war, those sorts of things uh, that oftentimes people will frown upon, but that's actually doing something special in the life of a boy growing into a young man. And yes, of course, those things need to be tempered. And, but of course, uh, those sorts of things are bringing forth this heroic intelligence. Uh, this is an important aspect, I think. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And I think that is what, what is lacking a lot um, with our young men today, you know, learning heroic intelligence in this woke culture. We're taking calls, one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. You might like to contribute on a whole lot of levels as you're starting to hear about the way boys are being affected by the changes in our culture. Uh, You might also like to reflect on uh, perhaps the position from a woman's point of view, talking about the quality of Christian men. We were talking a little earlier about the idea that there could be a man drought of Christian men and what's going on in churches that might make our Christian men not quite so masculinely strong. So 1-800-316-316 to join our conversation. Let's take a call. Val is on the line from Mackay in Queensland. Hi, Val. Welcome. Hi. Val, welcome. Val here, excuse me. <coughs> um, yes, um, we're talking about the dumbing down of masculinity and it's in society, you know, the feminist movement and also it, it, it is in the church. We talk a great deal about the bride of Christ. That's our identity. And so we are, but the church is also in most importantly at this particular time, 
we are the army of God, and we are very definitely in a battle. And uh, Satan's behind that because he knows that once the church wakes up to its role as the army of God and gets, uh, really gets into it, then he's had it. And um, I would like to suggest that there should be a lot more talk and teaching about the army of God. Well, powerful thoughts. Cindy, your thoughts for Val? Yes, I agree. Um, and a lot of people have actually uh, said exactly what Val said about um, this emphasis on the bride and the femininity side instead of, you know, the army of God and that we are out to, um, you know, take back ground from the enemy, from the ruler of this world, as he's called. So, um, and I also agree that if if the church wakes up to its authority and that we are in a battle, I believe that we can be far more effective. Val, thank you so much for your call. 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation. You can leave a note too on our Facebook page. Jacqueline on Facebook says, Young men in Australia are at risk because they have no purpose in their lives. If you take Jesus out of the culture, you take away self-sacrifice and living to help others, leaving only selfishness and pointlessness. Any thoughts for Jacqueline and, and her sentiments, Cindy? Yes, um, the purposelessness is really the teaching of nihilism, the ideological thought that, or belief that um, there's no purpose in life, that we have to make our own purpose. So, and that causes us to, or particularly young people, to live in a hedonistic way, meaning that we're, if we're only living once, you know, the YOLO type thing, um, we have to make our own purpose, so it's basically eat, drink, and be merry. And you're really just pursuing pleasure, and you're avoiding pain. Anything that causes pain or uh, inconvenience or discomfort, we avoid that. And that is all of that stems from that nihilistic belief that there is no purpose. Sandra says feminization has already happened in schools where particularly in primary schools you'll find it difficult to find a male teacher. That started as far back as when I started teaching when women outnumbered men by four to one. Uh, there's an imbalance certainly in school teaching, especially in primary schools. Any thoughts around that, Cindy? Yeah, actually... Um that is so true because the women in the education sector, they outnumber men considerably. So in Australia, women make up 97% of early learning staff and then 82% of primary teachers and then 60% of secondary teachers. So this means that many children are likely to have no or little adult male guidance in their entire schooling years. Let's take another call, 1-800-316-316, to join in our conversation today. Christine is in Glen Innes in New South Wales, works in early childcare and junior school. Uh, welcome along, Christine. Hello. Christine, what are your thoughts for our conversation? Um, I think over time, definitely the idea of, um, you know, the rough and tumble play and that sort of thing just seems to um, have gone um, in the interest of safety and things, like a lot of the traditional equipment that boys probably got up on and all that sort of thing has just 
gone um, in in some instances. Um, we've got a wonderful school that's got a lot of large play equipment, so that's good. So it's not happening everywhere, but um, you know, definitely the um, you know the feminisation of boys. I think I don't know how to explain it, but I, I just I don't know. We've just had so many people that we know that have been affected by. Um, you know, boys becoming men and then, um, you know, leaving their wives and children because they've decided that they're now gay and um, just and families that are affected by that. And uh, it has to have come from somewhere, you know, that, that boys can't be proud of being boys. Men can't be proud of being men. I, I um, sort of, I, I don't know if that's the case, but I just, that's what I kind of see and kind of breaks my heart a little bit. Christine, great thoughts there. A response from Cindy. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think also you're talking about the play equipment and things like that. I think technology has interfered with that a lot with boys, you know, the rough and tumble and getting out on the street and so on. And I noticed just down the road we had this one little boy. He's always out there on his... um, we live in a street with lots of families. He's always out there on his um, skateboard and things like that. And I thought, wow, you don't see many young boys around anymore. You know, they're, they're in front of screens. Um, there's obesity issues and things like that. So definitely I agree with Christine um, that uh, there needs to be much more of that, um, taking those screens away and letting boys, you know, have that rough and tumble play and really experience uh, being a boy and what they love. Thank you so much, Christine. one 316 to join in our conversation today, talking about lost boys. Let's take a call from Stephen in Coffs Harbour in New South Wales. Hi, Stephen. Welcome. Hey, how you going, brother? Good, Stephen. What are your thoughts? Well, my thoughts are, you know, like um, I'm a indigenous man, uh, but I moved down Coffs Harbour from Cairns. Yep. Um, I, I go to church and uh, I see like women on stage singing, you know, praising worship, and I don't see much men up there. Uh, myself, personally, I go to church, and I'm the only person that goes in, 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 my, um, in my household that goes to church, and me and my son, he's six, we go along, and uh, we're frustrated sometimes when, you know, the, the wife doesn't come, but my face is bigger than the situation, and um, I think it's up to us men just to, you know, be, be men. Wow. Okay. Um, so, and because uh, yeah, going along to church and yeah. everybody on stage is female, uh, yeah. and I'm I'm sure that's majority. probably not not every. As you say, it's a, perhaps it's a majority. Well, let's get a thought yeah. or two from Cindy here. Uh, Cindy, even the way church presents may actually be uh, altering this idea of uh, of masculinity. Yeah, I'm sure that the, that women women have had to step up in a lot of cases because there are not the men there to do it. And um, but also when you think about the numbers of how many um, men go to church compared to women, and now I've just off the top of my head, I know in the U.S., you know, in in Christian churches, every single Sunday there is 13 more, million more women than men in church. Yeah, that that's a huge amount. So um, I do think I agree with Stephen. I think men need to step up more, but there is something that um, that is not 
uh, I should I, I need a better word, but it's not appealing to men. Mm. There is something that the church is missing where men are not engaged. Stephen, while I've got you on the phone, you said you're an Indigenous man. You were in North Queensland in Cairns. You've moved to Coffs Harbour and you've taken your son along to church. Uh, Wonderful and honour you for that. Is there something in your own Indigenous heritage uh, that you want to bring into your own family environment that, you know, is affecting the way, you know, you will raise your son? Is there something that you've picked up from your own Indigenous cultural heritage that you want to make sure is part of your family? Yes, like, um, you know, getting kids out out and about, you know, getting out there understanding our faith and culture. And, you know, just going back to basic steps, I mean, some men that I know are still boys at the age of 45. And, you know, it it took me a while too, you know. I wasn't wasn't really doing, you know, right and... But as, as as Jesus Christ, you know, like onions, just layers and layers, and every time that happens, it's just amazing how how um every day it's not it's not just Sundays, it's every day of my life that that I've got to run with my faith. And, and as as a man, you know, you never 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 you never stop learning. And that's why I teach the kids uh, my my household, my my son, and and go back home and. You know, teach the young indigenous boys that way. See, Stephen. I mean, I'm just uh, just thinking aloud here. But uh, you're an indigenous man, and uh, when I think of indigenous culture and the idea of initiations into manhood that has mm-hmm. somehow happened in indigenous cultures over the generations, there is a certain sense in which that call up into manhood happens in those times of initiation, and and perhaps uh, we're missing something in our broader culture like that. Cindy, have you got any thoughts on on those sorts of times of transition from boyhood to manhood that we may be missing? Yeah, yeah I, I think, think that uh, I agree. I think that, um, you know, cultures, as you said, different cultures have that initiation. Um, and one of the things that a lot of experts are saying, including Jordan Peterson, who you may have, your audience may know, has said that men, young men have not been called out properly and um, young men need to be called out properly and they need to be called out to adventure they need to be um, to learn to forge forth and in spite of how difficult life is and um, he actually uses the analogy that um, like in the hobbit where the hobbit the whole story is that he had to find the gold he had to face the dragon, find the gold, and distribute it to the community. And so, you know, that every young man needs to face the dragon because life is hard and life is tough, find the gold, and then distribute it to the community in the sense of uplifting the community, serving the community, and so on. So, yeah, I, I totally agree that um, there needs to be some sort of initiation or um, to be able to... Forge forth to call out young men. 
Stephen from Coffs Harbour, thanks so much for your contribution. Just wonderful. I'm just thinking of the way that young men have uh, such a addiction uh, to games, computer games. And I know that one of the most popular ones is called Fortnite. And uh, these are battle games. These are take-out-the-enemy type of games. And I wonder whether there's something that really does appeal to this whole idea of heroic intelligence in young men, but the church hasn't connected with that. In fact, we're probably more dissuading kids away from uh, those sorts of uh, battle games that they might be playing on the internet. And uh, look, and of course, there's all sorts of problems with uh, the addictive nature of these things. But Cindy, what are your thoughts here? Because there's there's some things that clearly show that our boys want the adventure and the heroic intelligence. Uh, maybe we're denying those things in real life yeah i think um neil that they need to be more involved in sport and games and other ways i think because games are mostly created to be addictive um i think that that's a huge potential it's a risk uh and and unless it's regulated of course but I, I think um, that young men aren't involved as much in sport and things like that, which which creates um, the environment. I mean, a sporting being on a sporting team is like a battle, and so on. So I think um, I agree with you that um, they need to be exposed more to competition and battle and all that sort of thing. But I think you just have to be careful with the computer games. You do. And uh, look, just one more quick comment from Joe on Facebook who says it's hard for guys when they are being told as a legacy of feminism and equality that women don't want or need a strong man, but a man more like them, which leaves them confused when they get a partner who wants them to step up. Damned if you do and damned if you don't. Uh, that's a comment from Joe. But I, I won't get your comment on that except because we're running out of time. But I do want to get a comment here because in that chapter on feminization that you're writing about, you do draw attention to King David. And uh, when he fell into that sin with Bathsheba, and listeners will remember the story. Of course, uh, King David was uh, rolling around in luxury at home, not much on his plate at the time. Uh, he did have an army away at war, but he was uh, sitting around and not much to do when those things overtook him and uh, caused all sorts of major issues. King David is a very good example of, of someone who was a great battle-hardened fighting man, but... If you allow yourself to relax here, Cindy, there's some things that can go awkwardly wrong. Uh, give us your thoughts, perhaps around King David, as we sum up things today. Yeah, well, that's right, Neil. Um, that story of King David in 2 Samuel 11, where he was lounging around um, at home, and it said he arose from his bed to go for a walk on the roof of his palace, and that's when he saw... Um, Bathsheba, but he was idle. And the thing was, it was the time when kings were supposed to go out to war. And it wasn't just the kings, it was the whole men of the nation, you know, the whole fighting men. And so um, he was sort of perhaps, you know, waiting for that last push to be called out and saying, OK, we're ready. And besieging a city took could take months and months and months. And so um, that's exactly right that he fell into um, 
adultery, the sin of adultery, and because he was idle. And I think that idleness is uh, is concerning, and that um, that men need to have that desire, or men need to be fighting for something, fighting for a noble cause, or else they'll become vulnerable in their idleness and easy targets. Wow. Well, we have run out of time, so thanks to everyone who called in through the hour. And uh, there's still more that we were not not able to take their calls, but uh, thanks to everyone who's participated. Let me encourage listeners, uh, striking a chord with you today, uh, it is perhaps a important book for parents, but for people who are involved in church leadership roles, uh, to have some insight into this. And I might say that Cindy McGarvey has written a very good book, and it's coming from the heart of a woman, as Cindy's writing about lost boys, bring them home. And uh, we did mention forward by Brigadier Jim Wallace, AM, and of course uh, uh, his insights there in uh, in some of that just sort of set the scene for a military way of talking about our young boys growing into men. The book is called Lost Boys. You'll be able to get it, no doubt, at all your good Christian bookstores, but also from the Youth for Christ website at yfc.org.au. And no doubt when people go to the YFC web co- website, Cindy, uh, are there any other resources that people can access if they go to YFC? And how can they connect with you through your website? Yeah, um, first of all, it's not yet in Kurong. It's only newly released, but it probably will be. But people can go to lostboys.org.au. So the book actually has a website. So that's lostboys.org.au. Or if you go to our website, yfc.org.au it might be able to you can connect that way and I might say uh, Youth for Christ you, you've got bases in states and territories all around Australia and for people who uh, no matter what state you live in you can connect with your local YFC yeah so most of the states we have young people and our focus is um, peer-to-peer evangelism training up young men and women to be able to share the gospel with their peers and discipling them as well. And we, um, we're interdenominational and um, our young people have a desire. They love the church and they have a desire to serve their local churches. Honour to you, Cindy McGarvey, as a proactive leader of what is a great movement, Youth for Christ. Cindy's the National Director. The book is called Lost Boys. Cindy says there's a website, lostboys.org.au and the Youth for Christ website, yfc.org.au. Cindy McGarvey, thanks so much for taking some time to share your thoughts and your heart with us today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. It's a pleasure. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.